Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there. Hope that this week has been phenomenal and fantastic for you guys. I'm excited, you guys. We got a new guest coming by the show tonight, you guys. Uh, we got Arthur Clay Thomas Williams, you guys. She is the author of Accidental Swinger. Uh, so I know a lot of people have been intrigued uh, by the title of this book, and you guys uh, can't wait to hear some details on it and all that great stuff. But we're going to get to that in just a few moments. Um, but as always, the Beautiful Butterfly Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. That means you're listening to a network that's being broadcast globally. So big shouts out to YRN 1328. And, of course, uh, if you guys are out there, make sure you go ahead, share the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all your social connects. Uh, let everybody know that we got Clay Thomas Williams uh, joining us uh, this evening, and we are excited to have her and to discuss um, her latest um, novel as well and delve into it and all those great things. So if you're out there, um, you may have a question or comment, feel free to call in, or you guys, I know you guys like to inbox me your questions as well. You may do so that as well um, if we're connected on uh, Facebook as well. But if you want to call in, the number is 347-326-9139. It's the number, you guys. And so we always got to pay some bills around the camp before we get started. So we're going to take a little short break, and then we're going to come back with our special guest of the hour right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. 
and welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. And this evening, you guys, we are joined by Arthur Clay Thomas-Williams as we discuss her book entitled Accidental Swinger. So you guys are going to learn um, not just about this book tonight, but also about her journey um, in writing and all of the other great things that she has done as well. So we're not going to delay any further. We're going to bring the lady of the hour on here. Clay, you there? I'm here. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi, I'm absolutely awesome. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, Facebook didn't want us to be great with with getting the information (laughs) out about this show. (laughs) Trying to stop my greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Oh man! So not to let me be great. Exactly, exactly. And so for the folks out here who may not be uh, familiar with who you are, this might be their first time meeting you. Tell the little folks um, about yourself. I know you're a native, um, born and raised in New York, and now you're in lovely North Carolina. So so tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised in the Rochelle, New York. I'm a North Carolinian transplant. I've been here about 10 years. And um, okay. that's pretty much it with my with my residence changes. <laughs> but um, plan on making a big move to Georgia soon. Awesome, 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 awesome. And uh, uh, of course, I know that you started writing um, at an early age, and, and you develop a, a love for music and poetry. And so, for you, at a young age. Um, how did you create or began such a love and a passion for music and poetry? You know, I was the only child for several years. And, you know, being the only okay. kid, parents don't really talk to you that much because we're supposed to be seen and not heard. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you find a way to entertain yourself. And I kind of <laughs> gathered up some imaginary friends, and I kept a notebook uh-huh. with me and a pen with me and you know, those nights when parents had them house parties where they in there playing the music and you come out the dance yeah. and go back to bed. You know, I'd be in the back in my room writing music or what I thought was writing music, but I think I was pretty good. And I think that's how it pretty much started with the writing music when I was young and my imaginary yeah. friends writing little stories to entertain myself and my imaginary friends. And, wow, um, wow. You know, Being an only child is rough, but, you, you know, you get through yeah. it with your imaginary friends. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It did later on. You actually uh, started writing some um, songs for some, some record labels um, in in the early yeah. '90s. And so, what was that like for you to, you know, be writing those songs as a child? But then, when you're when you're older, to be able to actually write some songs, you know, for some people in the music industry. You know what? It was like it was a dream. It was one of them things. It's like yeah. yes, I'm gonna write all this music, and then you write all, <laughs> sign all these contracts, and right. then, you know your music is being heard and played everywhere, and you have a non-disclosure and no money. <laughs> but mm. you still have this love. For Man, I wrote a couple of yeah. companies, and I'm Tanya Robinson. I'm sure you, who you're familiar with. That's how yeah. she and I actually uh-huh. met in the music business years ago. But um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where my love for music started, and it didn't it didn't stop me. Even though I got ripped off more times than I could possibly count, and you know, I even right. hear a song or two on the radio, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> but <laughs> you live, you live but I, I learned this literary business left me behind. It's pretty much a lot like the 
music business. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and speaking of that and, and jumping into the literary industry and, and you were talking about how it's somewhat similar to uh, the music industry because it seems, well, kind of the same thing. You have people who write stories and then other people sometimes are able to take those stories, put their name on it, put the book out there, sell it, all of those type of things. And so for you, when did you make that transition into as far as writing books and, and getting your material out here? I was in a, unhappy marriage and mm-hmm. then I was in a really bad car wreck where I broke both ankles and I was sitting oh, in, a, in a wheelchair for months and something wow. just kept telling me you know what you got a story to tell you know yeah. write about it so made good use of that time I sat in that wheelchair um and I wrote my first book was which was and then there were none and um it was really hard to get published I didn't know how to know the first thing about getting published but mm-hmm, I would write different mm-hmm. um, publishing companies, and I get back that that faithful letter. Uh, we're not um, publishing any unknown authors at this time, and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But right. I got a phone right. call one day from a friend who just started a publishing company. It was like, "Hey, whatever happened to that book you wrote?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, it's still sitting here looking at me." And she said, "Well, I want to publish you," and that's pretty much how that first novel got published. But um. <laughs> Started from just being around bored, really. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, uh, for you, um, and 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 writing, did you find that being a, a, being able to write music and writing music for other people, um, did that also? You believe that helped you to be able to make your stories even more vivid uh, to the imagination to the readers? Oh, absolutely. Um. When you have to, when you learn to write in like third person, you, mm-hmm. you um, and it's about I've written songs for men about women, which is kind of hard being a woman, but I've written those <laughs> and I found yeah. the transition to be really kind of it's actually for me it was kind of easy because I did that growing up, you know I had two conversations with me and my imaginary friend, and right. as I got older, I realized I could tell a really good story when I got my first job as girl six. <laughs> pretty much mm-hmm. in Manhattan. I was like, okay, well, I think I can do this. First time I <laughs> talked someone to completion, if you know what I mean, talked someone to completion, you know, <laughs> bells rang, they bought me a bowl of cherries, they said, hey, you bust your first cherry. And I was like, I could tell a good story. I could make this seem believable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Make this man on oh, his phone think I'm a head, big boob, blue eyed girl talking <laughs> to some imaginary fantasy, and he's happy with it enough to call me back the next day and be like, Can I speak to Tina? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was my name. Girl, six. I, I can do this. <laughs> Oh man, a real live girl six. Oh my gosh! Like yes. I can, you know, but the but the great part about that is being a writer. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could go on for days with keeping up, you know, with the imagination wise, because you know you were used yes. to, you know, you know, sharing and, and and writing out your own stories. Exactly, I can, you know. <laughs> Being as women, you know, you always get that boyfriend that's like, hey, let's have some phone sex. So you're doing this, you're writing a story and making him not so much believe it, but get so into it that 
He's like, all right, girl, I'm going to call you later. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about telling the story. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, now uh, we have fast forward to to your latest um, piece with entitled Accidental Swinger. And so, hell, you got to tell us, how did it come about with the title for this book? Um, I I came up with the title when I was actually away in Chicago on a business trip. I mean, the book is mm-hmm. actually based in Chicago. And there were certain okay. events. Now, I'm not saying this book is true, so don't nobody ever say this is true. It's not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you, you end up in, like, certain situations where it's like, dang, I really didn't mean to do that. So it's kind of right. like I'm actually doing something. So the title just came to me when I actually when I finished the book. It was like, okay, I'm this accidental swinger because the character's purpose of her trip wasn't to go out there and get into a swinger situation. It was actually for business. Right. She just accidentally ended up swinging by right. going to this party, engaging in a certain conversation, and engaging in certain situations on this boat where she became a swinger. Mm-hmm. And one of the things yeah. that I like about uh, the character, the main character in this book, which is Dallas McGraw. Uh, and and I yeah. like the way that you build up her character because in the beginning you get this image, or at least I did, uh, of the woman, you know, in the business attire, hair kind of slipped back and neat, and everybody thinks she's like, you know, just, just straight business oriented. And so what right. made you create um, a character like that, rather just giving us, you know, that sexy, not saying she wasn't sexy, but rather just giving us that, you know, pure sexy vibe about her? What made you say, you know what, I'm going to kind of change the vibe of what people would think when they first meet her? Um, You know the, the theory people have about librarians? With the tight ponytails yes, yes. and the glasses uh-huh. and the <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much how I wanted my character because I found men mm-hmm. actually find that sexy. You know, the more uptight she is, appears to be, the more men mm-hmm. are like, well, dang, I wonder what's underneath that, you know, that tight blouse or what she looked like with that hair down and the glasses off. Uh-huh. But um, uh-huh. I would do something different. People expect, you know, the sexy vixen in books, right? But she was kind of unassuming and uptight, and it mm-hmm. was good to watch her unravel in my head and become vulnerable to her situation, mm-hmm. right? So I, I absolutely, it would be it would be different as opposed to her best friend Cam in the book. That Cam is just like, you know what? Whatever, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> she was so different, <laughs> and, and it seems like we all. I think we all have a friend like that who, with us, we might be, like, real, you know, reserved about doing things, but we always got that one friend that, like, girl, you only live once. You know, let's let's do it. Let's get, let's get out here and make it happen. Exactly. I think that's me to an extent, you know. My girlfriend is like, girl, do it. Do it. I'm the devil. Don't do it. And one of the the great thing about Dallas is that even though she was a businesswoman, um, you know she you know she had her thoughts of different things that she wanted to delve into. And so, do you think that, especially in real life, 
we as women in general, a lot of times we have fantasies and thoughts about things that we want to indulge in, but because of maybe how we were raised or, you know, what our profession is, we, we just kind of block that stuff out of our mind, like, no, 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 I, I, that, I can't do that. Yes, um, absolutely, especially with with me. I grew up in the church. Grandfather was a preacher, mm-hmm. mother was a preacher. So, yeah. like, you don't yeah. dare even talk about stuff like that. So when I became girl six, <laughs> right. it was a big secret. But, you know, we do all have those fantasies. I always say I'm going to live vicariously through my characters. I'm going to have them do things I would never do. (laughs) And that's what I do. I kind of made Dallas the person I would never be. (laughs) And where did you, over time and creating uh, Dallas, where did you kind of get the inspiration to build her character? Were they drawn from people that you might have met or a little bit of yourself and the people you might have met? A little bit of myself. You know, every bit of fiction has a hint of the truth. That's like my favorite. Right. <laughs> my favorite disclaimer. <laughs> um, Dallas is a little bit of every woman I know. You know, she. Yeah business-minded. She's really about her business. She's very low tolerant of a lot of stuff. And um, right. unfortunately, sex deprived, unhappy in her sexual relationship, which right. was prob- which was probably me at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, pretty much I just wanted her to be, I wanted to live vicariously through her and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. live out my fantasy, something I probably wanted to do but never would have the nerve to do it. Right. Right. And, and, and what do you think about – oh, definitely not, definitely not. And, and what do you think about people? Because, like you were saying, being in those unhappy sexual relationships, and, and I think that, you know, quite often, especially uh, as women, you know, we, we, we sometimes get in these situations, and the person may be nice, handsome and charming and all that, but when it comes down to the intimacy factor, they just don't, you know, they they just don't check in, you know, like they're supposed to or like we want them to. And so for you, how do you think being in an unhappy sexual situation ultimately makes or breaks the relationship? Do you think it kind of draws you further apart from that person because you're not happy in that department? Absolutely. I mean, there may have been a, yeah. may have been a time when I was younger and very naive to what I needed sexually, where right. I was just right. satisfied a little bit. He may right. have been able to do, willing to explore. Right. And right. you know, you get older now, you like, oh no, that ain't gonna cut it. Oh, you, I mean, I'm <laughs> all for voicing what what I want, and I'm gonna tell Absolutely. you what I want. And if you're not willing to do it or unable to do it, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be happy. Which yeah. opens the door yeah. for me to entertain others in conversation, which ultimately entertains the conversation of sex, which entertains me now going to lunch. <laughs> and, you know, one thing may lead to the <laughs> next thing. So, well, some people, some women, I'm sure, have stuck it out for years and years, unhappily right. married because of the sex. And that's why mm-hmm. toy stores exist. But um, if you're not happy sexually, if a man's not happy, he's going to go and find somebody that's going to make him happy in that department. Right. Women right. tend to get out a little longer, but I'm not that woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that, it's like I'm telling you what I want, and I'm, if I need to draw you a map, 
or tell you what I want. This is what's going to keep me happy in the bedroom. Um, I'm going to need you to do this. I mean, or at least try Absolutely. it. <laughs> you like Try it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what I want to do is I want to take a short break, but we're, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, like, what happens when, because I, I had this question posed today as well, what happens when you try to talk to your mate about things that you want to do? And Clay was speaking about, you know, she, she lets, you know, the person know, you know, that she wants to be happy and satisfied sexually. So we're going to talk about what happens, you know, when you communicate to the person what you need and, and, and they still don't follow through. So we're going to take a little break, you guys, but we're going to come back with some more. Clay Thomas-Williams, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by author Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, you guys. And this evening, we are joined by Clay Thomas-Williams, you guys. We're talking about her book um, entitled Accidental Swinger. And before the break, I posed the question, Clay, on when you're out here and you're trying to communicate um, to your mate your your desires and so forth, and sometimes, you know, and, and that's the big thing. Everybody says, you know, it's important that we communicate, communicate. And it seems that even when you have that communication or that, that conversation with your mate on what you desire, some people still don't fall through. I think some people listen to you for the time being, and they might start off doing things the way you want, and then it goes back to the old way. So, like, for you, do you think being direct and communicating your desires up front is the best policy? Like, before you get any further into the relationship, is it best to right away communicate, you know, what you desire sexually, you know, from your mate? I mean, it shouldn't be on the first conversation, on the first date. Right, right, not the first date. Before you guys decide to, you know, indulge in that kind of activity, I mean, it should seem to right. be some kind of um, upfront conversation because, I mean, we're grown. If we're doing this, we're grown, grown enough to talk about right. it. 
grown enough to talk about what I like sexually, what I don't like sexually. Like me personally, mm-hmm. I don't like nobody messing with my feet. So I mean, yeah, get away from the feet, be good. <laughs> but you know, some people, male and female, are accepted. I wouldn't call it criticism, but um, it's not criticism. Um, accepting of your knowledge of your body. You know, right, like, hey, right. this is my body. I'm doing what I like. So if I can tell you to do this, can you do that? This is what I like. This is how we're going to keep each other happy. Some people mm-hmm, are accepting mm-hmm. of it. Some people are like, oh, she's going to tell me what to do or, oh, this, that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I've been there, so I can say this. <laughs> people are really, some are like, um, so you don't like it when I do this? Well, no, I don't. Right. So some people get insulted. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I don't know why you're being insulted. I'm just telling you what I like. I mean, right. please feel right. free to tell me what you like. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had a guy mm-hmm. want to tell me something crazy that had me like, oh, okay, no, um, I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we had that understanding. It was right. right. And later on down the line when he goes, and his exact words were like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm into scat. And I'm like, what the hell is scat? I had to Google it. I thought it was like the bus route because they got a bus called the scat bus. So I Googled it, and it's just some kind of feces fetish. Where he had a thing with body function, crapping on him and stuff. I was like, no, no. Mm. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to do that. It was nice meeting you. Wow. (laughs) But that's better than later on, you know. Well, some people are accepting of it. Some people are not. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and some other moment might have been like, <laughs> you might have been like, where you been in my life? Me, I was like, oh hell no, you don't know my number. <laughs> and I think that we have to keep in mind also, like, even though you know we all have certain things that we may like doing to our mates you also have to remember that when you get with a new person however and y'all get to that point where y'all do become intimate they may not like that everybody doesn't like the same thing you know so i think you have to you know take the time to to learn uh you know the people that you deal with and not just thinking well i've been doing this thing for 10 years well you might have been doing it for 10 years but everybody that you've been with in that 10 years may not didn't like it you know they just never said it Well, sometimes they get with women that really have no, they may have been her first real encounter sexually. So right. you may be all she right. or you could be yeah. with this woman and you don't, she doesn't know any better. Me? Right. I, bro, I may not be into that. Or I'm going to need a little bit more than five minutes because it's been a long day. I'm going to need a little bit more than five minutes. A little stressed out today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so when you uh, came to, to write Accidental Swinger, what made you want to create the story based on uh, the, the swinger lifestyle? What was it that interests you um, about it? Well, the swinger lifestyle is not for everybody. <laughs> right. You know, you can, right. some people don't mind having more than one or two lovers in their bed. Some people are a little bit mm-hmm. more selfish. But um, right. um, I went to a couple of clubs with a guy I used to date years ago, 
And that was his thing. It, so it kind of intrigued me how people can actually, like, hey, we're just as open. We love each other this much that this doesn't, you know, bother us that she may be mm-hmm, having sex mm-hmm. with him or I'm going to go over here and do this with her. But and I've had a friend also who her and her husband used to go to clubs every weekend. And it would start wow. fights in their marriage where it was like, if she, if she got if she hooked up with somebody and he couldn't, now it's a problem. <laughs> oh man! It always it always amazed me how people can separate that from their real marriage, their life. Right. And it's right. interesting. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that you know, oftentimes with the swinger lifestyle, people you know. Some people are instantly turned off by, by you know, things that they've heard about it and what goes on and so forth. And so with this story and to be able to give as much, you know, detail as possible, did, what kind of research did you do as far as learning about <laughs> the swinging lifestyle and, and what it entails? Well, research, research, research. <laughs> you want your book to be <laughs> as knowledgeable as possible. So you got to do your right. research. Is that being every right. swinger club in your city, joining every swinger club in your town, do so. <laughs> Just so you can do some research. <laughs> but, no, seriously. Um, I have gone as research, and I've found it interesting. I mean, every detail in the book is pretty much um, remnants of a place that I had been. You know, just to wow. write about it. Yeah, just wanted yeah. to write about it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I just didn't want it to sound like I didn't know what I was talking about. I had to actually go there right. and be like, okay, the dungeon, the dungeon doors over here, or the orgy room over here. I mean, those things exist, and I know people that are in the lifestyle have called me or emailed me, hit me up on Facebook. I'm like, girl, yeah, uh huh, I've been there, <laughs> been to that club. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I just felt like research is necessary, and you guys, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> if you ever decide you want to go, this is what you expect. You're welcome. <laughs> but honestly, Absolutely. all clubs aren't as as the way I described it in my book. They're not all as mm-hmm. as elegant and sexy. You got some that's kind of like, hey, when you open the door, they're getting busy, so this robe here. <laughs> and you know, right? North Carolina <laughs> doesn't have any. Like in Manhattan, they had quite a few with actually clubs where you go there. Right. You may not know what it is right off, but if you've been there, you know what's in there. North Carolina right. is different. You know, it's like the Bible Belt. If you're in, right. if you're involved in a adult swing club, that's what it is. Like a bike club, it's a swing club. It's not right. necessary. There's no right. building. They may rent out the Hampton Inn a couple of floors and you right. go there and they have their party. Or some person over mm-hmm. here may have a house party, and it's usually the the uh, older Caucasian. Right. Then you have right. a sprinkle of us black folks that go, oh, shoot, this is what they do up here? <laughs> and they start forming <laughs> their own club. Right. This ain't too bad. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's an interesting lifestyle. And for you going through this process, because you mentioned, you know, doing your research and actually, like, going and, you know, scoping out the scene, seeing what type of take place, what are some things that you learned um, about it that you weren't aware of? Oh, my goodness. Well, on my first visit, 
the first thing I learned, the first thing it took me, took me for shock value. That was the first thing. I think they tried mm-hmm. to shock me. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the first thing I learned is if you're not going to disrobe, you can't go any further than this door. So you just can't go right. there and think you're going to be fully dressed with a necktie on and a hat and your face covered <laughs> up and think you're going to get in there because you're not. You're going to have to be pretty much in the same attire as everybody else. So kind of make you as vulnerable as everybody else. <laughs> Um, you know, they don't allow men to outnumber the women. If a man comes, he has to bring a woman. Meanwhile, a woman can come by herself. A woman can, okay. a man can bring two women, but a woman cannot bring two men. They'll never let the women outnumber the men. Okay. Um, okay. They do act as safe sex. There is some, you can see, if you pay attention, if you look closely enough, you'll see some condoms going on in there. <laughs> you know, they have their... <laughs> little boost where you can get your condoms and such. I'm just saying, just, you know, if you look, you'll see it. It's happening. Right. But, you know, it's pretty much like people will go there after work in Manhattan, and they'll come after work in their suit and tie, get undressed in the locker rooms, go do what they do, and leave just the way they came in. If there are a couple, they come, they leave holding hands, dressed like they just leaving from work. It's like nothing changed. They just <laughs> went there, enjoyed themselves at a little nightclub for a little while, and went on home, satisfied, and everybody's right. happy. and for you and for you do you think that for some people being in a swinger lifestyle has brought them closer in a relationship like some people have that thing you know if you could do something together with your mate it it makes you even closer (laughs) so do you think for some people they kind of feel that it it makes their relationship better by by doing something you know pleasurable together well it's not exactly like yeah boo let's go get this many and petty together Let's go get this couple massage together. <laughs> it seems it, like a good idea at first, but honestly, yeah. every couple that I've met that was like a couple, couple, like this is my husband, this is my right. wife, it just never worked out. And it could okay. be because okay. I wouldn't just say the men, but my in my friend's situation, her husband, when he'd get mad because he couldn't get into something because she did, then he started cheating outside ah, the marriage and she gotcha. married, mm-hmm. like, he's cheating on me and I'm like but you gave him permission <laughs> right like, only right. when I'm there right. and I'm, that's, I said permission is permission <laughs> I mean I'm, he broke the rules <laughs> but it is what it is right. I think right. it may make people a little further apart it might break up the marriages yeah. but some people have said it leave their marriages but yeah. all the time I don't play well with this and as I guess being an only child got a problem with sharing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, some people, they can do as long as I guess you never say the words, but we're in a relationship. This is just my swing partner. This is who I hang out with. We do this together. But jealousy plays a big <laughs> part, and it tends to break people up. Absolutely, what? absolutely. And, of course, let's see here. We got... A uh, question from Destiny from California. Uh, she wants to know, uh, what was the hardest part um, about writing a book uh, with this much going on um, inside of it? Uh, the hardest part about writing a book with this much going on was actually, I don't know, my homegirl Tanya Robinson always puts me on like this TikTok, TikTok, TikTok thing, and I hear it in my sleep most times because I know I'm supposed to be writing and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I get lazy sometimes, and I'll come home and just be like, um, because I have, I don't sleep well. I don't sleep at night. 
So I made okay. average okay. about three hours a night, so I'm writing all the time. So okay. I honestly can say I really didn't have a hard time except for being lazy because sometimes I'll be awake and I'll have a thousand things going through my head, so I'll just start writing. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't really have a hard time with this. It just came so easy to me, and I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> but Absolutely. It came really easy. <laughs> uh, Joshua um, from Atlanta uh, wants to know uh, when, when dealing with a book about fantasies and, and intimacies uh, were you ever afraid of what your family and friends would think uh, when they read the book so I know a lot of authors are sometimes skeptical about writing such different genres because they don't know like oh what are people going to think what was your thought process on that when my grandma was alive, I was definitely afraid of what she would think. I really was. Yeah, but my yeah. grandmother said some things to me once that let me know she was human. And at that point, <laughs> it was like, well, my grandma understands. I mean, when my husband and I was going through some things, my grandma was like, and my cousins are probably listening, they're probably going to get mad, but this is a true statement, y'all. <laughs> my nana was like, well, have you tried oral sex? And at that <laughs> moment, I was not only was I kind of sick because that's my nana, but I realized she's human. So at that yeah. point, I'm like, you know, my mom didn't get here by Macklin Conception, so she must have, you know, done at least <laughs> once or twice in my grandfather. Right. But I was worried at first about what my family said, but, you know, my family's like, they're 100%. I mean, my mom calls yeah. this book The Accidental Whore or something she calls it. My mom changes the name every time she talks to my Oh, wow. No, my family's like 100%, 100%. They love it. They're like, girl, I love it. I couldn't put it down. But Absolutely. At first I was, Josh, I was. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, uh, writing this book, um, for you, uh, when creating it and, and going through the whole process, and so for you, uh, and, and being able to to capture things um, so vividly and so forth. And so what would be your advice to those upcoming writers? Uh, Because for me, I know as a reader, I love when authors able to just kind of bring me into their world um, in a book and so forth. And so what have you learned thus far about being in the literary industry, about creating stories to really captivate the imagination of your reader? Um, when you, when you say to myself, when I see yeah. a situation or get involved in a situation, I recite it to mm-hmm. myself and right. I describe every single point of whatever it is in my mind, or even out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. And when I put mm-hmm. it down on paper or type it up and then I tweak it, um, okay. it's not so much what other people that first think about your writing. It's what you think mm-hmm. about your writing. Sometimes you're your worst critic. Other people may love what you've written, but once you learn to recite it yourself, you, you'll learn to love your own writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's hard sometimes. Literary industry can be hard because you feel like you're competing with such awesome writers because there's so many great writers out there, but everybody mm-hmm. has a story to tell. And right. there's somebody that always wants to read what you wrote about. Because when somebody right. knows you or think they know you, it sounds like good gossip as opposed to a story. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, uh, with this book and, and for you, 
what other genres um, do you enjoy uh, writing about? I know you've probably written about a whole lot of different things, but what are, what are some of your favorite genres uh, that you like to write about? I like I'm a Elon Harris fan. I love okay. to write about that lifestyle as well. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm a fan of it. I love that. I love all his books. Jerome, Jerome, Eric, Eric Jerome Dickey. I love all his books, uh-huh. and I love that. Yeah. And right now, I'm actually working on something in that line. And um, I like comedy. I like comedy books. I love to laugh. And mm-hmm. as I, I interject a little comedy into all my stories, no matter how serious my situation is, I write something that's going to be a little bit funny. But mm-hmm. I love comedy. I haven't learned. I'm working on a true crime as well right now. Um, there's so much real life stuff going on around us that it kind of writes itself. <laughs> so right. I'm working on some true crime stuff. I want to indulge in a little right. bit of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's see here. Christina from Ohio um, is referencing back when you were talking about when you first were trying to get your books out and people were saying, you know, they wanted somebody a little more high profile uh, to put their books out Mm -hmm. and so forth. And so she wants to know, how do you go about not getting discouraged? She said, you know, I've submitted my books. Uh, to several publishers, all to be turned down. And so sometimes I find myself getting very frustrated and think of stop writing. How do you keep on pushing regardless of those rejection letters you receive? Just keep writing. And my advice to anybody would be when you get another rejection letter, self-publish. Self-publish, boo, mm. because that's yeah. the market. You, there's going to be somebody mm-hmm. who's going to want to read the book. And, you know, a lot right. of these huge publishing companies, it's like the record business. They get the biggest cut, and they send you pennies. So you want like they got all these, you can do e-books. Put your books out there. Hire a printer. Print your own books. You don't get discouraged because you always have right. a story to tell that somebody wants to hear. And, Absolutely. you know, you, I'm sure you have, you, may have, you have friends that you might tell your stories to, and they may love it. Mm-hmm. That's where you start right. with your fan base, right? They, and everything is, it just blows up pretty much word of mouth. You just absolutely self publish, boo. <laughs> Don't worry about them big publishers. Okay. They'll come looking for you when they see how that's your right. book took off, how, how many sales you made. They'll come looking for you. And if they don't, that's their loss, but more money in your pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, with, with, would you agree that with self-publishing, you have a little more ability to write and, and, and do things in the way you want to versus someone in a company, you know, trying to direct you in, in which way you should go. Is that correct? That is correct. That is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. Nobody can tell you absolutely. what to say, how to say it. If you want to write in Ebonics, <laughs> they can't say, well, how is it written? You might want to change this. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, you guys. We're going to come back and we're going to let um, Clay tell you guys where you can purchase a book. Um, We're going to find out what's uh, next she is bringing down to you guys um, as her readers and all those great things and more. So, stay tuned to right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Loyal to the Hustle series 1 and 2, 
Also author of The Devil's Calling Card 1, 2, and 3. All available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Conversations with Trent show featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living right here on your radio network, YRN 1328. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We are on with Clay Thomas-Williams, you guys, tonight. Uh, we've been talking about her book entitled Accidental Swinger, you guys. And so, um, Clay, I know that we are uh, six months into the new year. And so what do you have in store next uh, for the readers? Girl, I'm wore out already six months in. Um, <laughs> I, I have a couple of books I'm trying to go ahead and release. The Deacon's Daughter yeah. and The Therapist, oh, which is nice. a spinoff from The Deacon's Daughter. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to work on this, too. I'm doing a million things at one time. I just, man, I need to slow down. But I think I write better <laughs> when I'm under that kind of, put myself under that kind of pressure. I'm just, yeah. I'm over here, I'm writing this, I'm writing that. But I'm trying to work on a, um, a webisode. I want to do a webisode. Okay. It's a comedy. And, nice. um. Uh, the other two books that I'm trying to release back to back, but I have so many in my arsenal that, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. funny because I said a title to one of my books one time, and a couple of months later I saw that same title pop up on Facebook. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> released the book and used the oh, same no. title. I'm like, I'm like, what in the world? So I had to go and change the title of one of my books. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm trying to do a webisode, and I'm I'm working on that. It's gonna be really funny. You guys stay tuned. Um, I'm working. I'm working with some really awesome people, and um, awesome. great things are coming before this year is out. It's going to be some really good things happening. And I know awesome. I Who like are I some really people? Answer, but. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Um, and, and for you, who are some um authors that you would like to to do some collaborations with, if possible? Um, I would love to work with. Well, I you know Tanya Robinson. That's my that's my 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 way back from way back, Tanya Robinson. <laughs> I love working with Tanya. Um, I would really love to work with probably Eric Jerome Dickey. Okay. Yeah. Um, he and I are kind of friends on Facebook. I have. I would really love to work with him. I don't know what I could offer him, 
but I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. <laughs> and if you're listening, Absolutely. you wouldn't be disappointed. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, we got to get the word out there, put it into the atmosphere. <laughs> yes. Yes, Jingle. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. And so, and so for the folks out here who want uh, to go and, and check out your book, tell them uh, where they can go to purchase um, your book set. Um, you can find me on Amazon.com, Barnes & Nobles. You can find me on Target.com, um, Create Space. Um, anywhere you see my truck, in the back of my truck, got books on stash, just holler at me, blow the horn a couple of times, I got you, I'll pull over. Um, um, Nubian Bookstore in Georgia. Um, nice. Yeah, 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 he looked out. <laughs> um, um, from Tanya Robinson, James Townsend. Um, I'm everywhere. You just call me, hit me on Facebook. A lot of people hit me on their video chat thing on Facebook or call my phone number. And you know, I didn't realize that until I started getting strange phone calls at one time. But, you know, people want to know where they can get it. I'll ship it to you. Absolutely. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely love it. And, um, of course, um, out here um, there are people, um, aspiring writers and authors, always out here uh, trying to get their name out here, trying to get that exposure. What would be your advice um, and a lesson that you've learned thus far being in the literary industry to those upcoming and aspiring authors? Up until recently, I would have said Facebook would have been your best tool to get your work out there, share it with your friends, <laughs> friends share it with friends. But as right. you can see what happened the other day when Facebook decided, yes. no, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> but, you know, I would, I would always say, you know, meet up with some people at the radio stations, you know, the local radio stations, yes. the college radio, college radio stations. Um, they'll definitely yes. do like a little voice for you. Um do local do shows like yours and you know they'll get the word out for you i mean you guys are a great mm-hmm. platform for writers and artists that are trying to be heard and seen out here in this industry and i appreciate it because you know there's not too many platforms for authors it's not like we got a radio station to just let <laughs> you read your whole book <laughs> you know so Absolutely. i appreciate shows like yours allowing authors to come on and use this as a platform to get our work heard and be out here so people can know we exist. Because, I mean, quite honestly, most times, as a writer, I write mostly because this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I do. And um, I really appreciate the fact that you allow me on your show to let people know that, hey, I'm out here, I'm writing, come check me out. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure, and uh, I have enjoyed having you on the show, and I enjoy uh, talking to you um, about this book and, and the things that you have in store. I can't wait to read the the new one though, the the Deacon's Daughter. I can't wait to read that one. That one already sounds juicy just from the name, so I, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to reading that book. And uh, definitely feel free to come back on here again anytime. Would love to have you. And uh, I'm looking forward to more. I know you got bukus of books uh, under your belt just waiting to be released, and so I- I'm looking forward to it. I do, Bianca. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Like I said, this is an awesome My opportunity pleasure. for us writers. It's not like we have Audible. Like, you're just not going to go, and here's your next <laughs> book by your favorite writer. 
and start playing the whole book, you know, but I'm grateful for these platforms, and this is really awesome. I appreciate you. Absolutely, absolutely, my pleasure. And I hope you have a great uh, rest of your evening and weekend. I'll be talking with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a great weekend yourself. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, you guys, that was Arthur Clay Thomas Williams, you guys. Uh, make sure you go and purchase her book, Accidental Swinger, you guys, available just about everywhere. So I'm going to put a couple links to the book so you guys can purchase those um, on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page so you guys can um, take advantage, order those books. Uh, summer's a perfect time. Vacation, some downtime to read and support um, our awesome independent authors as well, you guys. And so, hey, guys, it is Thursday, so you know what that means. Uh, we will officially be back next week, same time, same place, um, over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And coming up Tuesday, uh, we have another uh, phenomenal guest for you guys. Uh, we're going to step into some smooth jazz um, and um soul music. Uh, we got special guest and music composer um, Stephen Ferguson uh, coming out of Kansas. He's going to be joining us um, next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we got Arthur Andrea Liddell. Uh, she's going to be joining us uh, Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to have another great week with dynamic guests. And so once again, thank you all for supporting the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And once again, special thank you to Clay Thomas-Williams for joining us and uh, just sharing so much with us on the broadcast tonight. We truly appreciate her as well. And big shouts out to Tanya Robinson for making things happen. And so, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. It's Throwback Thursday, of course. And, man, somebody recommended some Freddie Jackson. So y'all know I had to play. So here we go with some Freddie Jackson. Love me down. You guys have a great weekend. I am B-Fly, and I'll see you next time.